How useful is mechanistic interpretability? By Ryan Greenblatt, Neil Nunder, Bucket Al. This post is a dialogue. Heading. Opening positions. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. I'm somewhat skeptical about mech interp, bottom-up or substantial reverse engineering style interp. Current work seems very far from being useful, it isn't currently useful, or explaining much what's going on inside of models in key cases. But it's hard to be very confident that a new field won't work. And things can be far from useful, but become useful via slowly becoming more powerful, etc. In particular, current work fails to explain much of the performance of models which makes me think that it's quite far from ambitious success and likely also usefulness. I think this even after seeing recent results like dictionary learning results, though results along these lines were a positive update for me overall. There isn't a story which makes much sense and seems that plausible to me for how MechInterp allows for strongly solving core problems like auditing for deception or being able to supervise superhuman models which carry out actions we don't understand, for example ELK. That said, all things considered, MechInterp seems like a reasonable bet to put some resources in. I'm excited about various mech interp projects which either aim to more directly measure and iterate on key metrics of usefulness for mech interp. Try to use mech interp to do something useful and compare to other methods, I'm fine with substantial mech interp industrial policy, but we do actually care about the final comparison. By industrial policy, I mean subsidizing current work even if mech interp isn't competitive yet because it seems promising. I'm excited about two main outcomes from this dialogue. Figuring out whether or not we agree on the core claims I wrote above. Either get consensus or find crux ideally. Figuring out which projects we'd be excited about which would substantially positively update us about mech interpretation. Maybe another question which is interesting. Even if mech interp isn't that good for safety, maybe it's pretty close to stuff which is great and is good practice. Another outcome that I'm interested in is personally figuring out how to better articulate and communicate various ticks around mechinterp. By mechinterp I mean a subfield of interpretability that uses bottom-up or reverse engineering approaches, generally by corresponding low-level components such as circuits or neurons to components of human understandable algorithms and then working upward to build an overall understanding. Neil Nunda I feel pretty on board with this definition. Buck. Our arguments here do in fact have immediate implications for your research and the research of your scholars, implying that you should prioritize projects of the following forms. Doing immediately useful stuff with mech interp and probably non-mech interp to get us closer to model internals-based techniques adding value. This would improve the health of the field, because it's much better for a field to be able to evaluate work in simple ways. Work which tries to establish the core ambitious hopes for mech interp, rather than work which scales up mediocre quality results to be more complicated or on bigger models. Neil Nunda What I want from this dialogue Mostly an excuse to form more coherent takes on why mech interp matters, limitations, priorities, etc. I'd be excited if this results in us identifying concrete cruxes. I'd be even more excited if we identify concrete projects that could help illuminate these cruxes, especially things I could give to my new army of math scholars. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Quoting Neil Nunda.
I'd be even more excited if we identify concrete projects that could help illuminate these cruxes, especially things I could give to my new army of math scholars. I'd like to explicitly note I'm excited to find great concrete projects. Neil Nunda Stream of consciousness takes on your core claims. I basically agree that current mech interp is not currently useful for actual, non-interp things we might care about doing slash understanding in models. I'm hesitant to agree with very far from being useful, mostly because I agree that you should be pretty uncertain about the future trajectory of a field, but this may just be semantics. Notable intuitions I have. Mechinterp doesn't need to explain everything about how a model does something to be useful, explaining an important part, or the gist of it, may be fine. It really feels like models have real, underlying structure that can be understood, that we could have lived in a world where everything inside a model is a fucking mess, and we do not seem to live in that world. That world would not have things like induction heads, the French neuron, etc. Models also seem super messy in a bunch of ways, and I am not sure how to square this circle. I'm excited about projects of the form try to understand a real-world task with mech and terp, e.g. why models refuse requests slash can be jailbroken, or why they hallucinate, and then ideally convert this understanding into actually affecting that downstream task. Concrete suggestions here are welcome, I've already brainstormed a few for my math scholars. Some assorted responses. Quoting Ryan underscore Greenblatt. In particular, current work fails to explain much of the performance of models which makes me think that it's quite far from ambitious success and likely also usefulness. This is not an obvious claim to me, though I find it a bit hard to articulate my intuitions here. A possible meta-level point of disagreement is whether a research approach needs to have a careful backchain theory of change behind it to be worthwhile, or if something here seems promising, even if I struggle to articulate exactly what and I'll get some feedback from reality is a decent reason. Quoting Ryan underscore Greenblatt. There are other directions which make non-trivial use of the internals of models which I'm excited about, but which aren't mechinterp. This feels fairly true to me, in the sense of I expect such methods to exist, though I don't feel confident in any specific non-mechanistic approach. I expect that for any given such method, I'd be excited about trying to use mech and terp to red team slash validate slash better understand it. Buck. Quoting Neil Nunda. A possible meta-level point of disagreement is whether a research approach needs to have a careful backchain theory of change behind it to be worthwhile, or if something here seems promising, even if I struggle to articulate exactly what, and I'll get some feedback from reality is a decent reason. I don't think research approaches need to have careful backchain theory of change behind them to be worthwhile. I do think that it's best if research approaches have either a way to be empirically grounded. The easiest option here is to be useful for some task and demonstrate increased performance over time. A clear argument for why the research will eventually be useful. I'm concerned in cases where neither of those is present. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Some quick meta notes. Against almost every theory of impact of interpretability is relevant prior work. This post actually dissuaded me from writing a post with somewhat similar content. Though note that I disagree with various specific points in this post. 
I think that it overgeneralizes from mech-inter-pessimism toward pessimism for less ambitious hopes for understanding of model internals. I think it fails to clearly emphasize that spending some resources on very speculative bets can be totally worth doing even if there isn't a clear theory of change and all we have to go on are vibes. I think it's fine, maybe great, for many people to not at all worry or think about the theory of change or fastest paths to usefulness. It's fine if some people want to operate with mechinterp as a butterfly idea. But I think some people should care about usefulness or theory of change. Quote. Greater than there are other directions which make non-trivial use of the internals of models which I'm excited about, but which aren't mechinterp. This feels fairly true to me, in the sense of I expect such methods to exist, though I don't feel confident in any specific non-mechanistic approach. I expect that for any given such method, I'd be excited about trying to use mechinterp to red team slash validate slash better understand it. End quote. Interesting. I really feel like there are a lot of methods where we could gain moderate confidence in them working without mechanistic verification, rather our evidence would come from the method being directly useful in a variety of circumstances. I think that both higher-level interp and internals methods which don't involve any understanding are pretty promising. Heading. Do induction heads and French neurons exist? Buck. Quoting Neil Nunda. That world would not have things like induction heads, the French neuron, etc. I claim that our world does not have induction heads, at least in the sense of heads that are well explained by the hypothesis that they do induction. I also think it's not clear that the French neuron is a French neuron, rather than a neuron which does something inexplicable, but only in cases where the text is in French. Assuming that you're referring to a neuron that fires on French text. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Quote. It's not clear that the French neuron is a French neuron, rather than a neuron which does something inexplicable, but only in cases where the text is in French. Assuming that you're referring to a neuron that fires on French text. End quote. A high-level concern here is that there might be a lot of neurons which look roughly like French neurons and they can't all be doing the same thing. So probably they're doing something more specific and probably a lot of the usefulness of the neuron to the model is in the residual between our understanding and the actual behavior of the neuron. As in, if you used our understanding to guess at what the value of the neuron should be on some input and then subtracted off the actual value, that residual would contain a lot of signal. Fortunately, we can measure how much perf is explained by our understanding, though there are some complications. Some supporting evidence for this view is the feature-splitting section of the recent Anthropic Dictionary learning paper. Neil Nunda Clarification of what I believe about induction heads Here's a list of bullet points. A mathematical framework argued that there are heads which sometimes do strict induction, and found that we could decode an algorithm for this from the heads parameters and the previous token heads parameters. Clarification this did not show that this was all the head was doing, just that one of the terms when you multiplied out the matrices was an induction Y term. The sequel paper, on in-context learning, found a bunch of heads in models up to 13b that did induction-like stuff on a behavioral basis, on repeated random tokens. These heads are causally linked to in-context learning, and the development of behavioral induction heads seem to be a key enabler of in-context learning. I do not necessarily believe that models contain monosemantic induction heads, doing nothing else, 
nor that we understand the mechanism or that the mechanism is super elegant, clean, and sparse. I also think there's a ton of induction variants, e.g. long prefix, disambiguating AB, AC, A, dealing with tokenization artifacts, etc. Fuzzy. I do think that the induction mechanism is surprisingly sparse in the head basis, in that there are heads that seem very induction Y, and heads that don't seem at all relevant. I think it's cool that this is a motif that seems to recur across models and be useful in a range of contexts. My guess is that induction is a core algorithmic primitive in models that gets used, in a fuzzy way, in a range of contexts. My underlying point is that there's a spectrum of, a priori, how much structure I might have expected to see inside language models, from incomprehensible to incredibly clean and sparse. Induction heads feel like they rule out the incomprehensible end, and thus feel like a positive update, but maybe are evidence against the strong version of the clean and sparse end? That's the end of the list. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Relevant context on induction heads. Some common confusions about induction heads. Causal scrubbing results on induction heads. Buck. I think that, from my favorite metric of proportion of what's going on that you've explained, the they do induction hypothesis might be less than 1% of an explanation. Neil Nunda. Quoting Buck. I think that, from my favorite metric of proportion of what's going on that you've explained, the they do induction hypothesis might be less than 1% of an explanation. 1% seems crazy low to me. Do you have a source here? or is this a guess? Operationalizing concretely, do you mean if we replaced them with Python code that does strict induction, and compared this with mean ablating the head, it would recover 1% of the loss compared to restoring the full head? Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Quoting Buck. I think that, from my favorite metric of proportion of what's going on that you've explained, the they do induction hypothesis might be less than 1% of an explanation. This might be very sensitive to the exact model which is under analysis. I'm personally skeptical of 1% for small attention-only models, I expect way higher. For big models maybe. I assume that by they do induction you mean strict induction. Buck. Quoting Neil Nunda. Operationalizing concretely, do you mean if we replaced them with Python code that does strict induction? and compared this with mean ablating the head, it would recover 1% of the loss compared to restoring the full head. No, that would do way better than 1% loss explained. Maybe it would get like 10 to 20% loss explained. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. 10 to 20% seems about right based on our causal scrubbing results. Neil Nunda. Quote. A high-level concern here is that there might be a lot of neurons, which look roughly like French neurons, and they can't all be doing the same thing. So probably they're doing something more specific, and probably a lot of the usefulness of the neuron to the model is in the residual between our understanding and the actual behavior of the neuron. Fortunately, we can measure how much perf is explained by our understanding, though there are some complications. Some supporting evidence for this view is the feature-splitting section of the recent Anthropic Dictionary learning paper. End quote. I agree with all of this, and, to be clear, 
we didn't try very hard in neurons in a haystack to establish that it only activates on French text, since we only studied it on Europarl rather than the pile. And I agree that it likely has a more nuanced role than just detects French, there are in fact several French neurons, some of which matter far more than others. I used it as an example of more structure than a random model would have, strongly agreed there's a lot of underlying complexity and messiness. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Quote. I used it as an example of more structure than a random model would have, strongly agreed there's a lot of underlying complexity and messiness. End quote. Strong agree on more structure than a random model would have. I just worry that we need much higher standards here. Heading. What is the bar for a mechanistic explanation? Buck. The core problem with using the metric, how much loss is recovered if you use this code instead of just replacing the output with its mean, is that you'll get very high proportions of loss explained even if you don't explain anything about the parts of your model that are actually smart. For example, GPT-2, SM is most of the way to GPT-4 performance, compared to mean ablation. It seems like for its ambitious hopes for impact to succeed, Mechinterp needs to engage with properties of transformative models that were not present in current LMs, and that will require extremely high standards on the metric you proposed. Neil Nunda IMO the best current example of this is what this model component is doing on the full data distribution is the copy suppression head, L10H7 in GPT-2 small paper from Callum McDougall, Arthur Conmey, and Cody Rushing in my most recent round of mats where we actually try to look at the fraction of loss recovered on the full data distribution, and find we can explain 77%, 30-40% to 40 with a more specific explanation, if we restrict it to doing copy suppression-like stuff only, as well as some analysis of the weights. But certain details there are still somewhat sketchy, in particular we don't have a detailed understanding of the attention circuit and replacing the query with the projection onto the subspace we thought was all that mattered harmed performance significantly, down to 30-40%. to 40%. One thing that makes me happier about the copy suppression work is that, as far as I'm aware, Callum and Arthur did not actually find any dataset examples where the head matters by something other than copy suppression. Not confident, but I believe they looked at random samples from the top 5% of times the head improved loss, after filtering out copy suppression algorithmically, and mostly just found examples that were variants of copy suppression, e.g. where a token is split because it wasn't prepended by a space. Buck. So my two problems with your copy suppression example. 30-40% to 40 is not actually what I'd call a complete explanation. The standards explanations need to meet might be more like many nines of reliability than better than 50% reliability. Neil Nunda Quote For example, GPT-2-SM is most of the way to GPT-4 performance, compared to mean ablation. It seems like for its ambitious hopes for impact to succeed, Mechinterp needs to engage with properties of transformative models that were not present in current LMs and that will require extremely high standards on the metric you proposed. End quote. Okay, this is a fair point. A counterpoint is that on specific, narrow prompts the diff between GPT-2 small and GPT-4 may be very big? 
But even there, I agree that e.g. knowledge of basic syntax gets you a ton of loss, and maybe mean ablation breaks that. How would you feel about a metric like explaining x% percent of the difference between GPT-4 and GPT-2? Buck. Quoting Neil Nunda. How would you feel about a metric like explaining x% percent of the difference between GPT-4 and GPT-2? This is just a rescaling of the metric explaining x% percent of the difference between GPT-4 and Unigram statistics. So the question is still entirely about how good X has to be for us to be happy. Neil Nunda Meta-level note. I'm not sure that our current discussion is a crux for me. Even if I conceded that current models are a mess, it's plausible that this is downstream of neuron and attention head superposition, and that better conceptual frameworks and techniques like really good SAEs would give us more clarity there. On the other hand, maybe this is naive, I would be pretty surprised if an SAE could get the level of precision you're looking for here. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Quoting Buck. The standards explanations need to meet might be more like many nines of reliability than better than 50% reliability. I think like 99% reliability is about the right threshold for large models based on my napkin math. Buck. The argument from Mech and Terp which says, current stuff is a mess and objectively unacceptably bad, but all the problems are downstream of superposition. Mechanistic interpretability is still promising because we might fix superposition, is coherent but requires a totally different justification than, current Mech and Terp results make the situation seem promising, you have to justify it with argument. Ryan underscore Greenblatt I'll try to explain how I like thinking about the amount explained in LMs trained on real text distributions. First, let's simplify and just talk about explanations which provide a human comprehensible explanation for an entire LM trained on a normal text corpus. I think we should look at the absolute loss and determine where this is on an overall training compute scaling curve. This is because we really care about explaining the performance gap from GPT-2SM to GPT-4. That's in fact all we care about in some sense. And if you do this math and want to explain important parts of GPT-4 you naively need 99% perf. Buck. My basic question is why you think about current mechanistic interpretability progress being a valid sign of life based on numbers like 50% of performance explained. How did you decide on 50% as the threshold for goodness for finding a single component like a copy suppression head with that threshold? Neil Nunda. I'm unconvinced that you need anything like 99% of performance explained, however we precisely operationalize this. I think that if I were convinced that mech and terp needed 99% perf explained to matter I would be notably less optimistic about it. Partly, I just expect that models are a big stack of boring heuristics that interact in weird and complex ways, e.g. involving superposition interference or ablations, changing the layer norm scale, or floating point errors, or random stuff, such that getting to anything as high as 99% is wild. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Why you maybe need 99% perf explained. If you have less than 98% perf explained, on web text relative to Unigram or BigRam baseline, then you degrade from GPT-4 perf to GPT-3.5 perf. I should double check my numbers here, but this ballpark. 
Then, I'm worried that if your explanation explains 90% of perf, you'll just be explaining stuff which didn't present a safety concern. It could be that you do end up understanding a bunch of GPT-4-specific stuff in your explanation, but we can't know that based on this metrics. I think this seems particularly important for ambitious mech interpretation. Either trying to audit for scheming in models or trying to avoid issues from superhuman models doing totally incomprehensible actions. Neil Nunda Quoting Ryan underscore Greenblatt If you have less than 98% perf explained, on web text relative to Unigram or Bigram baseline, then you degrade from GPT-4 perf to GPT-3.5 perf. Hmm. This is a compelling point. I want to push back, in that I think that much of the safety-relevant difference between GPT-4 and GPT-3.5 doesn't come from GPT-4 being 1% better everywhere. It comes from a few crucial places where GPT-4 gets it right and GPT-3.5 gets it wrong. I'd further argue that this is actually just most of the difference between GPT-4 and GPT-3.5, but that's more speculative I think the quantization model of neural scaling paper found this, that larger models differed from small models by having more tokens at near zero loss, more so than across the board increases but on much smaller models than GPT-3.5. I do feel fairly pessimistic about approaches like enumerative safety, trying to enumerate all features in a model so you can then rule out the existence of a deceptive feature, which I think will need to hit a 99.9% .9 style bar to reach a level of confidence that a model is safe. Quoting Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Trying to avoid issues from superhuman models doing totally incomprehensible actions. An uncertainty here is whether the lost performance comes from some genuinely different algorithm versus some clumsiness in our ablations. If you think there may be some genuinely different algorithm hiding in the leftover 50%, I agree that seems very bad. Buck. I don't get what you mean by clumsiness in our ablations. I don't know why you think that the error induced by ablations isn't just because the explanation we tried to ablate to is importantly wrong. Neil Nunda. Quoting Buck. I don't get what you mean by clumsiness in our ablations. I don't know why you think that the error induced by ablations isn't just because the explanation we tried to ablate to is importantly wrong. I think that any ablation is throwing the model off distribution a bit. E.g. mean ablation will mess with the layer norm scale, resample ablation may introduce info that's weird. The model may expect that head A partially cancels with head B or be using head C to partially reinforce the earlier head D as a secondary role, etc. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. I'm, in theory, on board with work where you retrain the rest of the model or learn an arbitrary linear function on top of your explanation. Possible this could avoid issues here. There are some difficulties with this, of course. Buck. Idea for your math scholars. Try to get explanations slash replacements that get a smaller model 80% of the way to the bigger model's performance, on tasks where the bigger model is vastly better than the smaller model. That is augment a small model with an explanation you derived from a big model, so that on that task the small model now performs 80% of the way to the big model. This seems like a plausibly tractable research direction that I can imagine your scholars focusing on. 
If your hope is to focus on cases where 80% means your explanation contains more of the relevant model knowledge than a small model had, you should maybe try to steer towards that hope immediately. Neil Nunda i.e., find some task that small models just can't do, say, hard multiple choice QS from MMLU, and find a circuit such that resample ablating everything not in that circuit preserves 80% of the loss of the large model above the small model? Ryan underscore Greenblatt. As described, I may be skeptical about tractability. Seems like this is way harder than any mech interp to date. Like learning how 2B models code is super hard. Buck. Quoting Neil Nunda. I.e., find some task that small models just can't do, say, hard multiple choice QS from MMLU, and find a circuit such that resample ablating everything not in that circuit preserves 80% of the loss of the large model above the small model? Yep. Like Ryan, I suspect you'll fail, but it sounds like you think you might succeed and it seems like whether you can succeed at this is a crux for one of your favorite theories of change, so seems great for you to try. Neil Nunda Hmm. So, I basically expect there to be a Pareto frontier of the size of the sparse subgraph trading off against loss recovered, and where a sufficiently large subgraph should recover 80%. So we're basically testing the question of whether there's a small subgraph that would recover more than 80%, which seems like an interesting empirical question. I'm more hopeful of this with something like multiple-choice questions, where there's a big step change between the small and large models, but not super optimistic. Let me reflect for a bit on whether this means I should now agree with your broader point. One objection on multiple-choice in particular is that I expect it to be downstream of the broad edifice of factual knowledge which is likely spread across a bunch of MLP layers. Maybe if we zoomed in on a specific prompt pair? Though that would be messy, because now there'd be a ton of heuristics boosting either answer that would normally average out as noise, e.g. that John is a more common name than Mary in IOI. Buck. I object to describing this as a question about whether there's a sparse subgraph which explains most of the behavior MO, even if a sparse set of heads are all that are relevant, you still need to argue that the thing done by those heads is well described by your explanation. Neil Nunda Can you elaborate on what you mean by explanation here? I'm pretty on board with the claim that sparse subgraphs, e.g. the kind of thing ACDC gives you, are not sufficient to be considered explanations, and you need to attach actual semantic meaning to the nodes and connections and intermediate states. Buck Quoting Neil Nunda. I'm pretty on board with the claim that sparse subgraphs, e.g. the kind of thing ACDC gives you, are not sufficient to be considered explanations, and you need to attach actual semantic meaning to the nodes and connections and intermediate states. Yep, that's all I'm saying. Re-enumerative safety, presumably what's interesting is likelihood ratio in favor of model being safe as a function of a proportion of features explained, Whatever that means. There probably isn't a single threshold. Heading. Could mechanistic interpretability rule out deceptive alignment? Ryan underscore Greenblatt. It's not clear how mechinterp could provide strong evidence against scheming, deceptive alignment, even if mechinterp were much better. 
If mechinterp doesn't explain or reverse engineer most cognition slash components, then the remaining components could contain scheming. The probability of success here will come down to some complicated question of how we sampled components and from what fraction of components scheming is identifiable which will in turn depend on our decomposition into components. And even if it explained 100% of what was going on by providing a huge program with human understandable variables that had roughly the impact you'd expect when changed, and which was locally understandable, it's not clear we could rule out unforeseen interactions from effectively implementing scheming, except if that huge program had a very nice and clean internal organization, which seems very unlikely. Various links for this can find later, for example John Wentworth, complex systems stuff, etc. It might be hard to test if mechinterp can reliably detect scheming using model organisms because the internals of model organisms might be pretty different than natural cases. Therefore, even in the worlds where it goes well, it seems unlikely that mechinterp evidence would result in me making a greater than 10x likelihood ratio update against deceptive alignment. However, providing strong evidence of deception could be much easier. Mechinterp could, if successful, provide extremely good adversarial examples that would lead models to try to take over. Note that for this use case, Mechinterp is in competition with other model internals techniques. One hope is, even if Mechinterp can't explain everything, maybe it can confidently rule things out. I'm skeptical, but this is somewhat plausible IMO. I'm excited about trying to test this ASAP for current methods. Heading Hopes for mechanistic interpretability being useful. Hopes, as I see them, for mechinterp being useful without explaining 99%. Here's a list of bullet points. Approach. Maybe we can just focus on safety-relevant components and explain greater than 98% of just these components, which will be easier. Concern. It seems very hard to explain these components to this degree without understanding other components. Approach. Maybe we can focus on tasks where GPT-4 and GPT-3.5 gap is big. For example, GPT-4 gets 50% on interview-level APPS and GPT-3.5 gets 20%. If you could explain up to 40%, that would be impressive. Concern. Mechinterp will have a hard time getting to 40% on APPS for basically the same reason it has a hard time getting to greater than 98% on webtext. Actually, a lot of stuff is involved. Approach. Maybe we can rule out problematic behavior without that much understanding. For example, with COT we can currently rule out problematic thinking to a considerable degree without that much understanding. In particular, maybe we can just look at decompositions like dictionary learning and then rule out problematic behavior without really understanding most of the performance of these components. Concern. There isn't really a particular reason why this would be true as opposed to having lots of interesting stuff in the residual. I'm excited for work which tries to directly test we can rule stuff out. Approach. For non-ambitious applications, we just need something way less strong. Concern. This seems possible, but I'm not sure why a bottom-up or reverse engineering approach would be best as opposed to high-level interp. Approach. Look. We'll just end up testing mechinterp in practice on various tasks, and maybe it will be useful. Concern. I'm excited for testing mechinterp in cases where tests are viable. But, I'm worried if we don't do this soon and don't have any local progress metrics to see if mechinterp is actually on a good path.
Note that I also think it's hard to test if Mech Interp can audit for deception without have some more principled story that we can test in parts. This is because I expect various difficulties with testing using model organisms. Approach. Okay, so we explain low percent now, but this will naturally translate into higher percent on bigger models. Like lower on the scaling curve it's harder to get high percent explained and lower percent explained corresponds to a higher fraction of model compute due to diminishing returns. Concern. I'm skeptical things will be easier with bigger models instead of harder. But, it seems good to see where we're at with small models more precisely. Obviously I'd be super impressed if we could explain arbitrary components of GPT-2 medium enough to perform as well as GPT-2SM if we applied our approach to all components. That's the end of the list. Neil Nunda Quoting Ryan underscore Greenblatt This is because I expect various difficulties with testing using model organisms. Why? Buck. Read why. The question is how you construct models which have similar structure to the scheming models that might arise naturally. If you restrict the scheming model construction team, for example, only allowing them to insert scheming into models by doing supervised learning, their constructed models might be much easier to use in TERP on than real deceptive models are, and also if the models they try to turn into scheming model organisms were already scheming, then the tests might fail for other reasons. If you don't restrict the scheming model construction team in any way, this team is allowed to optimize against your interp methods in a way that I suspect breaks your interp tools, even if those interp tools would have worked to catch a real scheming model. And so I don't see how to do tests of interp tools that use model organisms that aren't either insufficiently or overly conservative. Habrica. Quote. Hopes, as I see them, for Mechinterp being useful without explaining this much. End quote. I don't know, maybe this is naive, but I've been thinking about the best application of near-term Mechinterp is to help identify cases where there is really obvious scheming behavior going on, but it doesn't make it into the chain of thought. More using Mechinterp together with model organism stuff. Like, you won't get full confidence on this, but if you have a model that you ask some innocuous question that could be related to the model trying to break out, and then you see all of the murder and deception-associated neurons firing, then IMO this clearly tells you something. And yeah, this won't catch most forms of deception since you have bad coverage, but being able to create artificial environments where this is happening seems like it does something to give you traction, and also serves as a helpful warning sign. Buck. I think that interp seems like a less promising way to uncover that evidence than non-interp-based methods its harder and simpler approaches, like asking the model questions, seem like they're reasonably likely to work. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. I think for this case, it would be more effective to just train a probe at an intermediate layer to classify for murder and deception and then see if this activates during suspicious times. We didn't need to assume the neuron basis, or autoencoder basis, and this didn't clearly get us anything IMO. If you actually did look at the connections between various SAE components and did intervention experiments, then you could improve beyond probe, but you have to actually do this and now we're really getting into pretty different story. Neil Nunda Plus one that this seems the obvious thing to try first, though I would be pretty curious to see if you can find an SAE feature for this and I would trust that somewhat more than a probe. 
seems harder and less reliable though, and I expect deception to in fact split into many smaller and subtler features in a complex and weird way that's somewhat continuous with social modeling as a whole. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. To be clear, we should totally do something like what you suggested, and it's pretty low dignity to not. I just think that training a probe is currently the best technique here. Habrica. I have objections, but seems better to stay focused on the main thread. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. I think we should consider talking about what tasks would get much closer to mech interp applications. And then thinking about concrete project proposals. Neil Nunda. I'm down for this. Heading. Immediately relevant mechanistic interpretability projects. Tasks I'm curious about. Hallucinations. Why did the model refuse that request? Why did the model get jailbroken by this? Was this chain of thought trace faithful? Why does Bing chat gaslight slash manipulate users? More speculative. Do models plan? Do models have goals? Buck. These are so much harder than the kinds of things that interpretability has previously been applied to. Neil Nunda. Would it be a significant update for you if any of these were successful? I tentatively feel like current techniques, ESP activation, patching between various counterfactuals, are good enough to give some insight on some of these in narrow cases. Solving any of these in general seems pretty ambitious. The first three are all things I'm trying to get math scholars to take on, so it'd be good to know if this is too wildly ambitious and not in a way that'd fail gracefully. Buck. Yes, I'd be shocked and very impressed if any of those succeeded by my definition. Note that by my definition no interp has ever succeeded on a model trained on a real task, as far as I know. Neil Nunda. What about an explanation explaining 20 to 60%? And what if that mediocre explanation then had some downstream relevance, e.g. motivating a novel jailbreak? Ryan underscore Greenblatt. I'm always excited about downstream relevance, but I think it's important to actually do serious comparison with other methods in that case. And, we shouldn't treat the mediocre explanation as much evidence, the juice came from using the explantation for something. Some, very ambitious, tasks I'm maybe excited about. Hard to set up, can we rule out algorithms based on doing something like SAE plus looking at connections? I'm not sure what the exact empirical testbed for this looks like and this both probably requires SAE on big models, which is maybe fucked, and also some cases where we construct models which do or don't do a given algo which is not obvious from simple black box tests. GPT-4 can do a surprising number of search-like problems related to mathematics, including in fuzzy cases. I can't find examples right now, but I think this does happen. Can we explain what's going on in a way which allows us to make substantial predictions about what GPT-4 can and can't do here? Not clear mechinterp is the right tool here, I'm interested in the no-holds-barred version. Can we use mechinterp to find adversarial examples in a case where we've trained a model to have some kind of specific behavior in rare circumstances based on a somewhat tricky condition? 
Like imagine, we train a model to have a sad tone if the text contains incorrect code. Can we figure this out and construct example? Just measuring the training compute explained for our best explanations for random SAE components. I can get into details here, if of interest. I'm interested in the version where our explanations are very high effort, but have to be actual English, but can reference prior components or dataset statistics in non-insane ways. I have more ideas, but want to get to other stuff. Neil Nunda Quoting Ryan underscore Greenblatt Can we use mechinterp to find adversarial examples in a case where we've trained a model to have some kind of specific behavior in rare circumstances based on a somewhat tricky condition? Like imagine, we train a model to have a sad tone if the text contains incorrect code. Can we figure this out and construct example? This seems a fun problem to me. This would plausibly be tractable if we had good, working SAEs, such that you could look for any surprising connections to the sad tone feature. Ryan underscore Greenblatt Quoting Neil Nunda Why did the model refuse that request? Proposed success criteria. Non-trivial strong predictions about refusals. For instance, maybe we can construct examples which look totally innocent but which strongly make the model refuse. Given our disagreements about percent explained. Using a methodology where we first iterate on explaining more seems totally fine of course. I'm thinking about a version of this project on a model which is like 2-7b, for example similar to GPT-3 level perf, but overtrained and heavily trained on chat and red team to refuse etc. Personally, I'm pretty pessimistic about a version of this project which goes totally bottom-up on big models. But, I think it seems good to try a no-holds-barred version of this. And then approaches like SAE and doing corresponding interventions experiments could maybe work? I think strong results here would probably be the best interp results by far. Quoting Neil Nunda Was this chain of thought trace faithful? I'm currently scared that this project will be very confusing to evaluate and maybe also confusing to run. You could use a dataset of known cases where COT obviously isn't faithful. For example, the model can answer in one forward pass without COT and it just confabulates an unrelated answer to the actual reason as established with black box experiments. And maybe try to make predictions about a very different dataset which may or may not have similar properties? Seems hard slash confusing though. Neil Nunda Fleshing out the refusal project Here's a list of bullet points. Take a model like LLAMA27B chat. Take a dataset of tasks where the model may or may not refuse. Ideally with a specific token in the output that determines whether it's a refusal or not, that can be our patching metric. Use activation patching to find a sparse subgraph for this. Zoom in on some specific examples, e.g., changing a keyword from bomb to carrot, and patching to see which nodes respond most to this, to get a better feel for the moving parts here. Zoom in on the most important nodes found via activation patching, and train an SAE on their output, on a narrow dataset of chat slash red teaming prompts, to try to find interpretable features in there. See how much of the performance of these nodes can be explained by the output of the SAE, and hope really hard that the resulting features are interpretable. Profit my more serious position is that I'd hope we get lucky and find some interesting structure to zoom in on, 
which gives us some insight into the refusal circuit, but I find it hard to forecast this far in advance, I expect this project to involve a fair amount of pivots. That's the end of the list. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. Quoting Neil Nunda. Do models plan? It feels like there are a bunch of cases where something sort of like planning or search must be going on in SOTA models, for example GPT-4. But I think this is way less clear in smaller models. If we could, I'd be excited about work analyzing how GPT-4 decides what to say in cases where planning or search seems really useful. Seems hard though. Neil Nunda Quote Proposed success criteria Non-trivial strong predictions about refusals. For instance, maybe we can construct examples which look totally innocent but which strongly make the model refuse. Given our disagreements about percent explained. End quote. I'd be excited about this, and it might be possible if we combine it with SAEs to search for unexpected features that are related to refusal, to construct adversarial examples? We'd likely need to solve some sub-problems to do with training good SAEs first. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. For a bunch of these projects, it seems pretty unclear if MechInterpY methods are the best tool and we can measure success using downstream metrics, as opposed to internal validity metrics like percent explained. I think MechInterp industrial policy is reasonable, subsidize work on MechInterp even if returns per unit time seem worse, but I'm sad if the researchers don't seriously try other methods and compare. Like could we have learned these facts by just playing with the model? What about doing simple probing experiments or intervention experiments with techniques like lease? Habrica. Seems like we're out of time, so we'll have to cut the fleshing out of interpretability projects short, but I think what we have still seems useful. Thank you all for participating in this. Ryan underscore Greenblatt. I'm somewhat sad that in this dialogue, I don't feel like we reached a consensus or a crux on a bunch of claims that seem important to me. Hopefully, even if we didn't get all the way there, this dialogue can still be useful in advancing thinking about MechInterp. Thanks to everyone for participating slash helping. In particular, I appreciate Habrika's editing and Neil for being willing to engage with Buck and me on this topic. It's plausible that we should try to do a follow-up dialogue where we try really hard to stay on topic and drill into one of these topics, if the other parties are willing. That said, I'm pretty unsure if this is worth doing, and my views might depend on the response to this dialogue. Neil Nunda Yeah, it's a shame that we didn't really reach any conclusions, but this was interesting. I particularly found the point about you need 99% loss recovered because that's the difference between GPT 3.5 and 4 to be interesting. Thanks to you and Buck for the dialogue and Habrika for moderating. This article was narrated by Type 3 Audio for Less Wrong. It was first published on December 1, 2023. To report an issue or give feedback on this narration, go to t3a.is.